This is On The Radar, episode 161. As always, it's me, Radar, and I'm always going to talk about local and national sports and pop culture. And as I always, we get to the news. Rest in peace to Canadian actor Michael Kopsa, who passed away to 66. He was in plenty of TV shows, including voice acting as Beast and X-Men Evolution. He was on SG-1, Stargate, The X-Files, The Outer Limits, Fringe, all these different things. And it just keeps going. He was in video games as well. And we mentioned he was in like Iron Man series, uh, Planet Hulk TV show, Ninjago. And he was in anime like Dragon Ball Z. He was a character called Yakan. And he did a lot of other things like Death Note. And then in TV shows, as I mentioned, X-Files, Stargate SG-1. He was in this Fantastic Four thing. He was in Apollo 18. These are all different things, movies and TV shows he was in. The last thing he was in was Love in Winterland. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace, Joanna Simon, the American mezzo-soprano and journalist, the daughter of Richard Simon. She was the oldest sister and singer of Carly Simon and the musical theater composer Lucy. So she passed away at the age of 85, and she obviously had the singing career and journalistic career. And yeah, she had... A lot of things. She also was a panelist on What's My Line. She was on a television show. So he was just a lot. She also actually became a real estate broker as well. She passed away from cancer before her 86th birthday. One day before her Luce, her sister Lucy Simon, who was 82, passed away. She was a composer for theater and popular songs. She performed and was known for musical Secret Garden, Dr. Zivago. She did perform with her sister Carly as the Simon sister. They did release some albums together and had some hits there. She also had Tony Award and Drama Desk Award for composing music for the Broadway musical Secret Garden. As we mentioned, she passed away two from cancer. So yeah, she she won two Grammys awards for In Harmony and In Harmony 2 and was nominated for two other awards. So rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to the NBA ref Tony Brown, who officiated over 1,100 games for his 20-year career. He passed away due to complications from pancreatic cancer. He was able to still do replay before he passed away, so rest in peace to him. And the biggest rest in peace to character actor, singer, and songwriter, singer, excuse me, writer, Leslie Jordan, known as one of the bigger gay actors of his time, being in Sex in the City, an American Horror Story franchise. I saw, I've seen him in scattered television shows and movies, but really liked him on The Cool Kids, which Fox unfortunately canceled instead of renewing it when it had David Allen Greer, Vicki Lawrence, and Martin Mole. Jamie Farr was in there. It was something that Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny worked on, and I was always hoping that FX or someone else would pick it up, and of course, no one did, but then guess what? Lo and behold, he was casted to be the baker on Call Me Cat, this really funny sitcom also on Fox as well. He obviously won prior-time Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actor in the Will and Grace thing. He also, during the pandemic, became a um, social media insensation with all the videos he had. He had a book. He came out with an album or two, I remember. He was on Seth Meyers promoting it. And a lot of people say things when people die. Oh, he was a nice guy. Everyone liked him. He was a very caring guy. But I never once heard anybody from drag queens to politicians to journalists everyone really 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 liked him okay 
and, and all he did for the LGBT community. So yeah, I saw him in so many things. Obviously, he was in the movie The Help. He was in the Hollywood to Dollywood, obviously, as himself. He was in one of the Sharknado movies, The United States for Billy Holiday. It's one of his last ones. And they said Strangers of Strange Land will be one of his last movies. But yeah, all his shows that he was in, Hearts of Fire, he was even in an episode of Lois and Clark as the Invisible Man, which is really cool. You got to play comic book characters in Star Trek Voyager, which is a show I'm in the middle of and never got to finish. That'd be cool to see him when I go back and watch it. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Allie McBeal, Boston Public, where they play the same character, reoccurring. And then, of course, his big role as Beverly on Will and Grace. Then he was on Reba for a few episodes. I do remember that episode of George Lopez. Voiced some characters on American Dad. And then he was under the and then he was in Raising Hope. He was again Secret Life of American Teenager, all these RuPaul shows, Supernatural, even did a voice. Then he was on some kids shows like Casey and a Cover. And then the Great North, he voiced the character most recently. And of course he was on The Masked Singer as a guest panelist and enjoyed him doing that. And his album, as I mentioned, just came out last year. Com- Companies coming. It's very sad. He passed away in a car crash, they think, from him having, like, a heart attack or a stroke that led to him to the crash. It's just really sad to lose somebody who's currently in a TV show that you really, 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 really like and are currently watching, and they haven't even finished filming the season. Obviously, they paused it for to honor him, but you're just looking at this, like, this guy was a huge part of my life and all the television shows, movies, and cartoons he was in. And it just, it's just really sad to lose somebody. And I always thought he was older than he was because of his short stature like Danny DeVito but and his gray hair. He was only 67, so that was just gone too young. Happy trails to Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, the former football player, who burst on the scene with 1,000 yards and won Offensive Rookie of the Year. He led the league in rushing touchdowns, was the Offensive Player of the Year in, in one of those years, was a three-time Pro Bowl and a two-time first All-Pro. Injuries led to him not playing anymore, and this is the life of a running back. Very short-lived with all the mileage they put on. Then he said, I let me play for the Atlanta Falcons, but then decided that's it. But yeah, he's a second-team All-Pro, all these other awards. It's like a what-if, this man stay healthy. He's a great college football player as well, so happy trails to Todd Gurley. Happy trails to utility infielder Eduardo Nunez. The 35-year-old finished with a 276 average, 58 home runs, 309 RBI of the Yankees. When he first came out with the Yankees, they're like, hey, he's the heir apparent of Derek Jeter, but obviously Jeter didn't retire when he was there. Went out to play for the Twins, the San Francisco Giants, and then won a World Series with the Red Sox. And lastly, played for the Mets in the major league level in 2020. His best season was when he played with the Giants in 2016. He then went to play in the Chinese League in 2021, but didn't really work out. And even on his Wikipedia page, the Yankees viewed Nunez as the possible place for a shortstop for Jeter. They were unwilling to trade him, so they obviously it didn't really happen for him to do that. But yeah, he was a very useful utility player. Happy trails to him. Happy trails to Josh Reddick, the 35-year-old outfit that finished with a 262 average, 
146 home runs and 575 RBI. The one-time Red Sox, A's, Dodgers, Astros, Diamondbacks outfielder who won the World Series in 2017 with those Astros and won a gold glove with the A's, announced that he had announced that he's going to retire after playing in in, uh, the Mexican League in Australia. So he played in the Mexican League, and then he said he's going to wrap this up. So happy trails to him. He had a pretty decent run as a starting right fielder. In the basketball news, the top-selling gear makes sense. Supersonics and the Blazers, where they are, the most of the West Coast, including Hawaii and Alaska, you know, L.A. and Nevada, like the California Lakers. Suns, where they are. Nuggets, where they are. Jazz, where they are. Timberwolves and Bucks, where they are. Pistons, where they're stated. The Lakers, though, in the state of New York. That's interesting. Sixers in Pennsylvania. The Celtics pretty much had the whole Northeast. The Hawks have, obviously, Atlanta, which makes sense. But what is interesting is, as a Chicago Bulls fan and being a local thing here, the Bulls are the top-selling gear in chunks of the West Coast, chunks of the mid, you know, the middle of the country like Texas, Oklahoma, you know, all of those states, and of course the Midwest. They completely dominate the Midwest because obviously Iowa, Missouri, and Arkansas—they don't really have teams. A lot of the South, including Florida, they are uh, taking over in a lot of the East as well. So that's an interesting thing. In football news, the Raiders are trading defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins and a 2024 seventh-round pick to the Cowboys in exchange for a sixth-round pick in 2023. Now, how about the Cowboys' defense that's already been playing at a high level? 13 baseball players have elected for agency. Anthony Banda, Luke Bard, Jacob Barnes, Renee Elias, Robbie Erlin, Thomas Eshelman, Chicha Gonzalez, Ryan Hendricks, infielders Ryan Goins and, Ryan Gu- and Ronald Guzman, outfielders Alec Dickerson, Travis Demerit, and Michael Marcillo. Those outfielders... And those infielders are mostly AAA contracts, you know, for minor league deal in spring training, and pretty much the same for all of those players. Interest at baseball announced the awards for the Gold Glove. If you check out on the Radar Entertainment blog, Facebook, there'll be a link or blogger, Radar4428 or Radar on the Radar Media.com, so you will see like my award predictions for MVP, rookie, all that stuff. So in the American League, Jose Trevino who surprised me and started so many games this year, catcher, is up for the gold glove. Cal Riley, who had the Mitch Garver season of hitting 20-plus home runs as a catcher, breaking out, he's nominated. And Sean Murphy is one of the better two-way catchers in the American League. I'm thinking to myself, like, did Salva Perez miss too much time for them to nominate, I don't know, him? You know, I know Christian Vasquez split time between two American League teams, but you still could have maybe picked him. I'm just thinking there are other guys that I would have thought of before I went Cal Riley, but that's another story. Second base, Scope. The dude isn't a great defensive second baseman, which is why they a lot of times play him at first base. Simeon has somehow fooled everyone to think he's a great defensive player when he's not. And Andres Jimenez makes sense because I've been saying this all year. He's a shortstop playing second base when he's best suited to play shortstop to show off his defense. And at third base, Chapman's obviously the, super, the reigning guy. I didn't think Ramon Urias of the Baltimore Orioles played enough games and played enough games at third base to qualify. And Jose Ramirez is just one of the best, is the best offensive probably third baseman in the American League, not named Devers. I'm still thinking like, is there other guys that they could have picked there? I know you're not going to give it to Devers because he's not a great defensive player. And Toronto has obviously Matt Chapman. But, and Anthony Radome missed a huge chunk of the season. But words like Alex Bregman. I'm thinking like Alex Bregman maybe should have been on that list. I'm just thinking out loud here. And then shortstop. 
is Xander Bogarts, which surprised me. I'm a huge fan of the Red Sox and Bogarts, but I would never equivalent defense to Bogarts. I also never equivalent Carlos Gray to defense, but then he won a platinum and a gold glove in the last few seasons before he became a free agent, and Jeremy Payne, the rookie who replaced him, obviously makes sense. I know Tim Anderson missed time and he had the world's greatest shortstop, and the Royals didn't play the same guy every day at shortstop. Same thing with Detroit. And like, and we obviously saw Ahmed Rosario was not a great defensive player. But I'm looking at this like, maybe, you know, you could have given it to I- IKF. I know I've been saying he's not a shortstop, but I'm just thinking there. And Bo Bichette, maybe they don't think he's good. They don't think Corey Seager is. You know, the A's obviously with what they did with Elvis Andrews. Angels had a black hole, so I'm like, yeah, I think Jeremy Pena should win this out of these two, uh, these three guys. First base was Rizzo. That's based on reputation. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., whoa, 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 whoa. That dude's a bad defensive third baseman who's really a DH. That makes absolutely no sense. I'm thinking, why not Jose Abreu? Carl Santana played for two teams, but they're both in the American League. I'm just thinking out loud here. Like, there's just a few other teams that I was thinking that, hmm, why were no one else even nominated, you know? Nate Lau of Texas, Jared Walsh of the Angels, you know, Yuli Gurriel, the Astros, who's won up before. Yeah, it's Rizzo's award because the biggest issue is Luis Ara, the second baseman of the Twins. He played left field, third base, first base, second base, and DH this year. I would not have given him the award there. And in the outfield, Brandon Marsh, Benintendi, and Quan. I wouldn't give it to Brandon Marsh because he has split half the season in two different leagues. Benintendi makes sense because he played in the American League and he was the reigning guy, and Quan was really good as a rookie. In center field, Miles Straw can't hit, but he sure can play center field. Cedric Mullins is a great defensive center fielder. Michael A. Taylor just won it last year. They got those right. You're going to say, Mike Trout. No, no, no. They got it right. In right field, I would have given it to Aaron Judge, but again, again, he played too much center field this year. I would not give it to Kyle Tucker. JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr. played all three outfield spots. Max Kepler is getting his deserving as the best defensive right fielder. I probably would have picked someone else besides, obviously, Tucker, but that's another story. And the weird thing is utility award to give it to Whit Merrifield, who plays everywhere because of his offense. Luis Renjifo is, is, is really a utility player, not everyday playing. Deez LeMayu. He played everywhere, but if man, if this dude was playing second base like he's supposed to, he probably would have won the gold glove. And in the, the National League, obviously, third base, Nolan Arenado and Ryan McMahon are the two obvious candidates. Surprised they didn't pick Manny Machado and they picked Key Brian Hayes. Second base, Cronworth, Brandon Rogers, Tommy Edmond, they're great defensive players. The problem is Tommy Edmond played too much shortstop this year for me to think, yeah. And catcher, Tomas Nito, I thought he was the backup catcher of the Mets, not the starter. And Darno missed so much time with injury this year, and he's not a great defensive catcher. And Romito is just the best catcher. I don't know why they couldn't nominate Yanni Molina for his last year, but that's another story. Matt Olson makes sense from his American League prior list, just replacing Rizzo. And the National League, Paul Goldschmidt makes sense. Christian Walker, I'm surprised he didn't play enough games this year, in my opinion. Hassan Kim, that's interesting. Dancy Swanson makes sense. Miguel Rolls is a utility guy, but again, he can play defense. Missing some guys there. I would not have selected all three of those guys. And then, of course, left field, Ian Happ, Dave Peralta. Again, went to the National American League, so I wouldn't give it to him. But, yeah, Kristen Yelich and Ian Happ. I don't know. Aren't there other left fielders that I, that anybody can think of that are way better defensively? Yeah, Atlanta, Philly, and the Mets, definitely not them. The Dodgers, 
and the Padres. No, so you're right there. Right field Mookie Betts makes sense because he's the superior guy there. And Juan Soto again. The dude is making horrible plays all season long in right field, and he's nominated for a gold glove. Are they just going with offense? Stupid. Dalton Varsho. He's a catcher, first of all. Second of all, he played center field, left field, and right field. He's not a right fielder. And then pitcher in the National League, they give it to Max Fried. Which obviously makes sense. He's a really good offensive player. Tyler Anderson and Corbin Burns, I guess. And then this utility, Brandon Donovan. He played outfield and infield. And Tommy Edmonds up twice. I just don't get it. If you want to give Tommy Edmonds the utility, go glove, cool. And Dalton Varsho, I don't know what you're doing there. That makes absolutely... Makes no sense. I, I, I just don't get it. And a pitcher... For the American League, I forgot to mention this. Jose Burrio, Shane Bieber, and Jameson Tyron. Again, not something I can judge in pitching who is the best guy, but either way. Let's get to some football news. Okay, so they put in a misdemeanor assault charge on Devonta Adams, so it's up to the league to suspend if they want to. Logan Ryan has surgery on his foot. Trey Flowers and Nick Nielsen are on the injured reserve. P.J. Walker just started for the Panthers. He was QB1. And uh, Big 12 has worked on a deal with Fox and ESPN. McCaffrey, he got traded to the 49ers. Huge deal there. Second, fourth, and third and fifth round picks. And they lost with him in their first game. But going forward with him and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle... Name a team with four better options. That's going to be a ma- hard to stop there. Sammy Watkins officially back for the Packers. Dak Prescott was back. DJ Chalk has gone injured reserve. That, uh, Russell Wilson has missed the game with an injury, so they started Brett Ripkin. Carson Wentz officially placed on the injured list. Jake Fox got an extension for three years for $3.75 million, the highest ever for a punter right now. He's the most highest paid punter. He must be good at his job. Uh, linebacker Bezier Aljali's gone to injured reserve. Elijah Moore was deactivated by the Jets. They're looking to trade him. J.K. Dobbins had knee surgery. Just came back and had good games. Now he's back. Now he's gone. Tua Tumaloa's back. And Greg Eflin is going to the injured reserve list with a with a hip injury. And Rick. Eisen is going to be doing the Germany game. For those who are interested, Gus Edwards is now back taking the place of J.K. Dobbins. J.C. Jackson has a ruptured bundle tendon, so he's out for the year. Tight end Daniel Bellinger fractured eye socket. Ooh, that's, that was really bad. He's out for the year. Mike Williams had ankle injury. He's going to be out for the while. So the, the Chargers can't catch a break with him and J.C. Jackson getting hurt. Elijah Vera Tucker, he's out for the year with the triceps. Matt Ryan has soldier injury, so Sam Ellinger will be starting in the game and we know, we mentioned last week, he took Nick Foles' backup job. Brees Hall is out for the year with Achilles meniscus tear. He was having a great year for the Jets in all-purpose yards. Njoku is out for three to five weeks with a tight end injury. I mean, the tight end's out with an injury. That hurts the Browns. They have a lot of weapons on the perimeter. They have good running backs, not great receivers. DK Metcalf, he hurt, his, he hurt an injury, the pillar tendon, so he's going to be out for a while. Again, another guy, important player. Aaron Rodgers, the first time ever, he's going to be a double-digit underdog in this upcoming game. Mac Jones is came back, but of course, then he got benched. And Evan Neal, his MCL, he's out for the year. And Brandon Jones, he's injured reserve. Jacob Phillips, the linebacker, has got a pectal, pec, 
pectoral injury, so he's out for the year. Jordan Levis had foot surgery, he's out for the year. James Robinson, a physical traded for the Jets for a six-round pick, but it'd become better if he does stuff. So the James Robinson trade is because Brees Hall was traded, even though they have all the running backs on their team, they're like, we need somebody who's going to play it. Because with Travis Etienne on the Jaguars, he's completely taken over this, the, the, the running back position with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, beginning of the year, James Robinson was really good, and people were like, yeah, we'll see what they benched him last year. And Frank Clark has got a two-game suspension, so that will come back to hurt the Chiefs. He's one of the important players in their defense. Michael, yeah, so, and then Tevin Coleman just got cut by the 49ers because they made all these moves. And Brandon Roby's gone to the injury reserve list. Eric Pascal got cut by the Timberwolves before the season started. And Danny Green is going to be doing two roles. Like the Dan Ryan Green with Turner, he's going to do with the ESPN. I'm like, the, how many people are busting their humps? in the world of broadcast journalism and TV and radio, and they just want any job on TV, but let's give it to a former player who's currently making lots of money in the NBA. They announced on ESPN Plus that Cassidy Hubbard and, and uh, Rosalind Gold are going to be in this NBA crossover, I mean cross-court thingy. Can they just replace that? Because Malika Andrews is busy doing sideline reporting and being a journalist, doing all this stuff, and I see a lot of times she's not even hosting the show. Like, they should just make this the show with Cassidy Hubbard and the other woman to let her... Michael Andrews do what she wants to do. Paul Benchero is, is the third straight ga- uh, is the third player, excuse me, since LeBron James and Grant Hill have 25, 5 and 5 in his debut. Tamarta Rosen at 37 in the Bulls opener, the most since Michael Jordan at 45, which is pretty cool. But again, like that should be the show. It shouldn't have to be hidden on ESPN Plus. Cassie Albert, local girl, she's really talented. She'll be able to have her own show on regular TV. Jay Wright, the Hall of Fame college basketball coach announced he's going to work for Turner and CBS for the tournament, which makes sense. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is going to get a docu-series, and Steph Curry is going to get his own documentary, too. So all these guys, everyone's getting documentary. Stephen A. Smith has announced he's going to have like a Manning cast version of the NBA Christmas game. He's got too much. He's got a non-sports podcast, a regular podcast, an ESPN Plus show, a radio show, a TV show. Too much, too much, too much. Kurt Miller has become the head coach of the Los Angeles Sparks after working with Connecticut, going from the other side. Brianna Turner won the Community Assist Award in the WNBA, congratulations to her. Every team is now at three head coaches since Greg Popovich started, which is an interesting fact. Yoka now the six most triple doubles, passing Will Chamberlain. I don't know if he'll pass LeBron until LeBron's retired, but he's, but he's definitely going up there in the Hall of Fame eventually. 20 points in the first... Three games since 1968 for a first-round pick was Paul Bancharo did that. Caleb Martin got a one-game suspension. Chris Paul, who has the third-most assist of all time, now is 1,100. Congratulations to him. Damian Lillard and Jalen Brown won Players of the Week. Jim Nance announced he's not going to do college basketball after the 2023 season. Brittany Griner's nine-year sentence is upheld. It's not about LGBT. It's not about American sports, women's sports. She is being held prisoner for stupid things, and they, she should be let... She should be let go, but of course, the Russian government does not care, so prayers for her. Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown have been named, have cut ties with with uh, Kanye West. Yeah, it was my, it's not Jalen Brown, it was Jason Tatum that won it. Excuse me, Jason Tatum. But Jalen Brown, though, and Aaron Donald, the football player, announced they're cutting ties with, you know, the Donda Sports brand and stuff that Kanye West has. And Phil Kessel 
is now the new Ironman Hockey with 990 straight games, and he has 400 career goals. Congratulations to him. Kanye West has dropped the ball with so many different things there. So the 17-2 strikeout rate between the Yankees and Nationals is the highest ever in the postseason. Justin Verlander now has career-most playoff strikeouts, which makes sense because of all these added rounds, the fact that when he was in his prime with Detroit, they made the playoffs a lot. And he's been lucky enough to be on the Astros, who, again, a playoff team. Jeremy Reed's been fired as the Angels' hitting coach, but pretty much for the most part, Angels are keeping everyone on their staff. Terry Francona announced he's coming back, which makes sense because only he can should decide if he's coming back or not because it's all about his health issues. And John Snyder, the interim Blue Jays manager, like the interim manager Rob Thompson of the Philly and Phil Nevin of the Angels, they are staying put as managers. Bruce Bochy announced, even though he's won all these World Series, all these playoff games, all these regular season games between the Padres and the Giants, you know what? I am going to say, you know what? I'm going to come back into coaching. I'm going to coach the Rangers. I'm going to be the manager of the Rangers, who spent all their money on two shortstops and Jonathan Gray, and it really didn't help them out this year. If I were Bruce Bochy, I would have gone to a team that had actual like the right to there. They got a jump frog. The Astros who were dominant, the Mariners made the playoffs this year, and the Mike Trout show with Otani Angel. I don't know if the Rangers are going to be able to do that, so I don't understand that. Both starting pitchers were taken out of the first inning. The Phillies pottering the first time since 932. Fox announced on all their various platforms during the World Baseball Classic, which is good. Everyone should watch it. Bryce Harper and Jeremy Pena won the MVPs of the, of the ALNCS as the World Series is the Phillies versus the Astros. Not a huge fan of the Phillies being a Mets fan and not a huge fan of the Astros, the way they played baseball. And Cody Ash, the former major leaguer of the Phillies and the White Sox and other teams, announced he's going to join the Orioles staff. Tigers assistant GM, they've let him go, David had. And they hired the former race scouting director, Rob Mercer, to be the assistant GM. So swapping out, they've made some choices in the front office, the scouting department, they're the Tigers are really trying their hardest to be a better team, so I give them credit there. The Marlins announced that Skip Schumacher, the former Major League Utility player who spent time in the San Diego Padres coaching staff and coaching system and went back to St. Louis this past year, who I met, when the Padres are playing the Cardinals. He's a very nice guy. He has now become the Marlins manager. I hope everything goes well for him. The Mets signed Jeremy Hefner, their pitching coach, to an extension. And one thing I want to get to before I get into the pop culture was, man, a lot of the football games this week were boring. There weren't many, many exciting games, and I just don't know what's going on there because I'm just, as I, you go, you can check out my website or my Facebook page or the blogger. That is where I always got all the, the football recaps, and I'm just looking at this like it's been pretty boring, some of the games. Like the Chiefs game wasn't boring. Thursday Night Football Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Wasn't, you know, a boring game, but yeah, like the Browns-Ravens game, that was a close divisional game, that was boring. Panthers over the Buccaneers, they only scored three, that was boring. Bengals scored a lot over the Falcons, but not that exciting. Cowboys versus the Lions, the Lions couldn't score, not that exciting. Giants beat the Jaguars, not exciting game. Titans won 19-10 over the Colts, that is boring. Commanders beat the Packers in a close game. Boring. Jets 16 points to the Broncos 9. That's boring. Raiders scored 38, but again, who wants to watch the Texans? 
The Seahawks scored 37. The Chargers scored 23, so it was somewhat exciting. And imagine the Chiefs scoring 44 over the 49ers. The Dolphins-Steelers game, that is a boring game, 16-10. And then the Bears somehow beat the Patriots, scored 33, so that was not as boring. It's announced that Charlie Day and Ray Romano and Keenan Allen and Brad Garrett are going to be in Bupkis. Lakeith Stanfield, Omar Sider are going to be the Book of Liar. And Michelle Monaghan is going to be in this family plan. Kyle Gaynor is going to be in this Mommy's Thing thing. And the Heartbreak Hills renewed for season two at Netflix. Like, yeah, Mother May I, as I mentioned. Okay, Adrian Balan's going to be going back to E! News Nightly the first time in two years. That's really cool. P-Valley was new for season three at Stars. Sherry Shepard and Little Rell are going to be in Harlem. Missy Pregram is going to be back on FBI, which is good because it's great for her that she's been on these maternity leaves. So, you know, they had her written out where she went undercover the first time. The second time she was exposed to this gas, you know. But she's the main actress of the show, so she needs to be in the show because they can get whoever they want from the Chicago Dick Wolf franchise, this blonde woman who had a pass with Scola. Like, yeah, like, it does not... She needs to be back on the show. Full season order for East New York Fire Country and Salt Me Todd. And I just recently watched all three of those this past weekend, this week. And I'm going to say this. CBS, I'm not saying these are the greatest shows ever, but... You have your new law show to replace Bull that's quirky. You got your firefighter show, which is really good from start to finish. I want more. And East New York is pretty good. People are going to be like, Blue Bloods and the NCIS and the CSI franchise and SWAT are better. And guess what? SWAT is better than all of those cop shows. But so far, good in this show. A little bit improvements in both of those. But yeah, CBS did a good job this year. America Fair is going to be in Dumb Money. Ron Perlman is going to be in this thing called Sug. Amy Sedaris is going to be in this thing as well. Rookie Feds was picked up for a full season. Now, that's a show that I reviewed a, a week ago or so, and it is really good because you have to understand that this show, you don't got to take it seriously. Oh, yeah, sorry. The Amy Sedaris thing is Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa. Like, I could not spell that or pronounce that. But, yes, so Rookie Feds, Good show. You gotta don't take. You gotta not take it super seriously. It's as it's not as serious as the rookie is, which has a great blend of seriousness and humor. This one's a lot of humor. So you're like, yeah, some of this is not realistic. Angelita's gonna be in this thing where she's gonna play a woman called Maria Callas. Wayne Brady's gonna be hosting the AMA Awards. Tommy Townsend, Malcolm Barrett, and Mike Turukor is gonna be an average Joe. Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara are gonna be this thing island. Tobin Bell is going to reprise his role as a jigsaw killer, for those who are fans of that. And Henry Cavill announced he's back portraying Superman. It may be with Black Adam going into the future, but that's interesting. Lily James has been added to Ironclaw. Tara Reid has been get a guest star in Ghost, a show I watched. Let us be cool to watch that. Elijah Rashad is going to be a Doom Patrol. They haven't announced what role it is. Maya Rudolph is replacing Andy Samberg on Baking It, the baking competition show. Javisa Leslie of God Frenemy and most recently Batwoman is going to be a mysterious villain on the final season of Flash. Good they're casting her to be in there. And uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to be the heads of DC Studios. Well, he made a really good 
you know, Suicide Squad movie, and he's made those Guardians of the Galaxy movies, so I, I trust him. Jesse Williams, they said he's going to be back, obviously, in this season of Grey's Anatomy, but he's also going to be Only Murders in the Building. Monster High sequels going forward, Nickelodeon. And uh, Lewis Hamilton has started his own TV company called, like, Don Apollo. Amani Nalsko is going to be in Land of, of Women. Amy Smart and Matt and Matt Davis and Billy Zane are going to be in Blunt. Tracy Ullman's going to be in Never Let Go. Emile Hirsch is going to be in Past Life. And they announced that this Planet of the Apes movie has announced five new people. And Giants are activating Nick Gessie today after he broke a tibula in week two. And... Keenan Thompson will be again as back as host of the Choice Awards because again anything that needs Keenan Thompson the NHL or non-sports it seems like they go out of their way to ask him to do that because obviously he's charismatic and everyone likes him. The Lincoln Lawyer in season two they added an actress named Leia Perdilia for those Lana Parilia for those who know who she is and and um. The Upshaws was renewed for season three at Netflix. For those who are a fan of that show, it looks like Wanda Sykes is in that thing, and she's really funny, so that's something you guys should look into. But rest in peace to Ben Fegan. The Schitt's Creek executive producer was 47. I needed to get that out there because, obviously, it's big-time news. And Saucer's Party is going to get an animated series at Amazon for those who really liked the movie. I thought it was just over the top and stupid. It did not, that was just not that great. And uh, Nassim Padraj Chad, which, you know, they were in the middle of having on the season at TBS when they did all the mergers and stuff, got picked up by Roku for those who are fans of that. And obviously the Green Lantern HBO series shifts focus as they lose somebody, they, they originally was going to, sh- the shift from Guy Gardner and Alan Scott will now revolve around Jon Stewart, which is nice and dandy, but I want every single Green Lantern, if you're going to make a Green Lantern TV show, Alan Scott's the original, Guy Gardner is the first replacement, so that's where I'm a little bit lost there. And... And the Guardians of the Galaxy announced they're going to have a holiday special for those who are fans of that. And his industry got renewed for season two at HBO. And Adidas officially dropped Kanye West, obviously. Adam Sandler to receive a former tribute at the 22 Gotham Awards. John Core up to series regular for season nine of the of the Flash TV show. He reoccurred, obviously, before. But they're like, yeah, let's bring this guy back as he was someone else in this show, obviously, as he was in season seven and eight. And Amelia Jones to lead winner biopic as well. And... Uh, Also, CAA dropped Kanye West as well. 
former Hulu and CBS executive Robert Schildhaus named BritBox GM for those who are interested in a well. So rest in peace to everyone that passed away. Really sad about Leslie Jordan. Happy trails to all the athletes who retired. You know, as I mentioned, you'll get all the TV reviews all uploaded soon. But go out right now. Watch Rookie Feds get a laugh. Watch Fire Country. From the moment I started watching it till the first I finished third episode of my review, hooked. So Alt Me Todd was interesting enough to see where that goes. And same thing with East New York as well. Like, not every new show so far has been great. But CBS, I, I'm surprised after all their decisions on not to have as many sitcoms this year. And for them to not have, you know, this usual suspects of TV shows and stuff like that. Because, I mean, Bull ended. That show last year, Good Sam, was crappy and of course it deserved to be canceled but blood and treasure evil and seal team quality programs that were on regular cbs they moved to the streaming platform so there's plenty of like open you know space on cbs i don't know if i would put fire country on friday night i would probably think let's have swap blue bloods east new york cop shows all the same night i still think that cbs should make should not separate the ncis's and they all should be on Wednesday nights compete with the Chicago franchise, or even on Thursday to, to, to compete with the Law & Order franchise, that would be better. Having one on Sunday nights that gets pushed to the back whenever 60 Minute goes over and these the new shows will push it back even further, not the best idea. And then on the same night as sitcoms, like, nah, that's not, I'm not really buying that as something that's a great idea for them. But yeah, they really did a good job. ABC so far, after the success of... Abbott Elementary last year, so far with Rookie Feds, as you see, it got renewed. Makes sense. I'm going to review Alaska Daily and the new CW shows going forward this rest of the week. But as always, you can get the podcast anywhere you get on Apple, Google, or Spotify. This was episode 161. The Twitter handle, Radar4428, is also my blogger. On the RadarMedia.com or on the Radar Entertain blog is the Facebook page and the website. On the Radar, it's the YouTube channel where movie review observations and baseball observations are up there as well. Thanks for listening. As always, we talk about local national sports. For On the Radar, I'm Radar. See you guys next time.